Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you are tuned into Calvary Live, and I want to thank you for tuning into today's edition of Calvary Live, where you, the listener, get to call in and ask questions, questions, that is, and give your prayer requests. And I am your host, Jeff Figgs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado, and I'm here ready to take your call at 303-690-3000. This is an opportunity for you, the listener, to call in and ask questions about the Bible or Christian living or uh, perhaps what is our worldview on certain topics and subjects. I will do my best to take you to the Word of God to give you clarity and understanding. And also there is uh, an opportunity for you to be able to call in and give prayer requests. And I know that those of you who are listening uh, via online or the radio or perhaps on uh, the Grace FM app or uh, whatever the case may be, that you can call at that number, 303-690-3000, and ask for prayer because we all need prayer. And we want to be able to minister to you in that way, uh, to bless you in that way, to be able to lift up your prayer needs and to encourage you and give you Scripture. And that really is the heart of this program. That's my heart as I host Calvary Live to be able to bless you, to encourage you, to uh, be able to uh, give you the truth of God's Word and to um, just in any way I can serve you uh, in ministering to you over the phone. And also there is a means for you to be able to text in a question or a prayer request, and that text line is 720-336-0897. Let me give you that number again, 720-336-0897. So if you've never called in to Calvary Live, grab one of those open lines. I'd love to talk with you. Uh, the beginning of the show is a, a great time for you to grab one of those open lines, and we'll go to those phone calls as soon as they start coming in. But I want to welcome, first of all, all the Grace FM listeners along the front range of Colorado into southern Wyoming that you are listening live this afternoon. I pray that you're having uh, a great day. Uh, we want to... Uh, just uh, tell you guys up in Cheyenne area because Grace FM goes up into Cheyenne and Laramie. I know that there's a bad thunderstorm going through. Just be careful out there. Northern Weld County, uh, be careful. Uh, and um, and uh, if you have opportunity uh, to call in, please do so uh, as you are listening live on Grace FM in southern Colorado and also northern Colorado and southern Wyoming. Also, I want to welcome all the Hope and Truth FM listeners as well on the East Coast. Hey, I understand that perhaps some of you in the um, that are listening on Hope FM in your area, listening area, that you guys have had some bad flooding and flash floods, and I've seen it on the news in Pennsylvania and other places on the East Coast. Hey, we'd love to pray for you and pray for you over the next weeks and months uh, because uh, the damage that flooding does. And so if you have opportunity to call in, we'd love to hear from you uh, on the East Coast. It is a week delayed, uh, but anywhere in the country, if you're listening online or 
again, on the Grace FM app, you can call in at 303-690-3000. So we're going to be praying for you guys out on the East Coast in Pennsylvania that have experienced perhaps some of the flooding and uh, love to hear from you. And uh, and uh, we want to just uh, pray for our brothers and sisters that are going through things like that. Uh, we've been praying for those out in California going through the, the fires. But also what I'd like to do is we're waiting for phone calls to come in is I'd like to pray for the kids that are going back to school. I know here in Colorado that a lot of them have already started or going to be going back to school starting uh, next week. And so I want to bring encouragement to you. And uh, those of you who are going uh, particularly to into middle school, high school, uh, to the universities, uh, I don't know if a lot of you know this, particularly on the East Coast, but here in northern Colorado, there's four major universities that we have around us uh, in Greeley that um, a lot of uh, students are going to be starting up this week. I have my own son, uh, my youngest, who's going to be starting at CSU in Fort Collins, just about 40 minutes away from where we live. There's the University of Wyoming in southern Wyoming and Laramie. Those of you uh, that are in Laramie, you can hear a program, and uh, we want to be praying for those heading up there. Uh, in uh, the University of Wyoming, uh, CU in Boulder, not far from here, and then, of course, University of Northern Colorado right here in Greeley. So we want to be praying for you as uh, your children are going off and young men and women to college, uh, your children to high school, to school. Uh, I want to give you encouragement from the Word of God. And it, it comes from 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, that as Timothy is told, by Paul, let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word and conduct, in love and spirit, in faith and purity. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. And do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy and the laying on of the hands of the eldership. But meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. And take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. So Timothy was being told, and I think it's a great exhortation to all of you who perhaps are listening, or a prayer for us parents, for our kids, is that uh, be an example. Be an example in word and conduct and love uh, in spirit, in faith, in purity, be an example up there on the campus, at the, the school, the high schoolers, uh, to the people around you. And then also meditate on the things that you've learned. Give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Don't forget that as you are going to be studying hard for your subjects, uh, a lot of studying that you do and work that is done, but don't forget to be reading your Bibles and uh, to continue in the things of the Lord and meditate on those things. Uh, give yourselves entirely to them, is what Paul says to Timothy, that your progress may be evident to all. And then take heed to yourself. What that means is is that you are to to take care of yourself spiritually. It doesn't mean focus on self. It means take care of yourself. Paul would say that to the Ephesian elders um, in Acts chapter 20. Take heed to yourselves and to the, you know, and um, and then minister to the flock that God has given to you. So make sure you're taking care of yourself um, spiritually. Get involved in campus ministries. Uh, find some other Christians that will be there to exhort you and help you. Find a church there uh, where you're going. 
And for perhaps those of you who are listening that have uh, kids that are coming up to UNC, we'd love to to meet them this weekend, love to serve them in any way, and, and get uh, keep them encouraged and grounded in the Word of God. So just an encouragement to you uh, and for our kids heading back to school. So, Father, I do pray that you would bless those who are going to be heading back to school. I pray that you would uh, just uh, continue to uh, do a work in their hearts. And Lord, uh, today in our schools and universities and colleges, uh, there's such a pulling away from you in truth. And so I pray that everyone would be strong in you, that uh, they would be an example, desire to be an example to others. Uh, that they would give themselves to the Word of God in walking with you and loving you. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, help them to be strong in you and to continue in um, just uh, their devotions and being with Christians and fellowship. And so, Lord, help them with their studies. Be with them. And we just pray that you would just do that work and, and all the kids going back. Keep them safe, Lord. And be with us, parents. Lord, we want to continue to pray for our kids. We want to continue to to encourage them in the things of the Lord. And uh, so we commit all this to you. And also, Lord, we pray for those, uh, maybe perhaps in our listening area that is listening to Calvary Live on the East Coast. Even though it's a week delayed, they've gone through damage. There's been flooding going on. We just pray that, Lord, that um, you be with those who've been affected perhaps by uh, those natural uh, disasters. And uh, Lord, just uh, just help them to clean, to restore, uh, to bless. And Lord, we thank you. We have your love. Uh, we have you personally that dwells in our hearts. And Lord, bless this time as we just commit it to you. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we have all lines open, so give me a call at 303-690-3000. And let's talk about the things of the Lord, and uh, would love to be able to do that with you. Uh, there's a way for you to text in a question or a prayer request as well, and that is at uh, 720-336-0897. While we are waiting for somebody to call in, and really this is your show, The Listener, uh, without you calling in, without you um, asking questions, we really don't have a show. I can keep talking, but I, I really want to hear from you and what you have to say. But there is a text question that just came in that said, what is the latter rain movement? And um, that's a good question uh, that is being asked. And the latter rain movement is something that's actually been around for a while. Um, it came out of some of the Pentecostal uh, circles. Um, it actually, I believe, uh, began right after World War II um, in, up in Canada. Uh, teachings of the Latter Rain movement uh, were were coming forth. And um, what it says is that we were on the verge of a new era, and the Holy Spirit was going to demonstrate His power in a great way that the world has never seen before. And the Latter Rain teaching is characterized by a number of things. And and I believe that God does want to pour out His Spirit um, in these last days. But uh, it included things like... Um, you know, kind of super apostles and prophets. Uh, it has uh, different terms today, the kingdom now theology. Uh, it is uh, had, you know, the new Reformation, um, apostolic Reformation movement that you hear about today. But it, it essentially says that God is going to really uh, 
show his power through the move of the Holy Spirit through the church um, that is going to be, include apostles and prophets raised up in the church today. Um, and the latter reign will bring God's work uh, to completion and the church will be victorious over the world and usher in Christ's kingdom. And that's where the latter rain movement gets off of base. And uh, I, I believe that God does want to pour out his spirit in the last days. But we also know that the Bible is very, very clear that um, there is going to be a falling away as well. Um, that Paul said in the last days is going to be perilous times. And that in the latter times, the Spirit expressly says in First Timothy chapter 4, from what I was just reading from, that um, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, demons that is, and speaking lies and hypocrisy and, and, and all these things that, that we're warned about. Some of the last words of Paul in Second Timothy is that, um, that the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires because they have itchy ears, and they will heap up from themselves teachers. So um, we know that there's going to be a false church in the tribulation period, so God can still pour out his spirit, but it isn't going to be where the Christians are going to take over the world, and then we're going to usher in uh, the coming of the Lord. So we don't see that in Scripture. That's part of the latter rain uh, doctrine that uh, we... um, have uh, taught in different ways. So um, so anyway, let's go to our phone lines. Let's go to Brent in Boulder. Brent? Brent? Are you there, Brent? Um, Brent? All right, we'll try to get you back. Brent, I don't know if, if you uh, dropped or whatever, but he's a public school teacher and uh, he had a question, and I'd like to talk to you about that, Brent, if you can. So give me a call back. Hey, we got open lines. Let's uh, talk about the things of the Lord, 303-690-3000. Again, text line 720-336-0897. And um, you can text in a question or a prayer request. Uh, while uh, we got a little bit of time, I wanted to remind you that uh, here in Greeley area, northern Colorado, we are studying through First John on uh, Sunday mornings. We're actually, this Sunday, going to be talking about the Antichrist, as John is warning them that Antichrist is coming, and there are many Antichrists today. So what does that mean? And then also, because this goes a little bit of what we were just talking about, that you have an anointing that comes from the Holy Spirit, and and that anointing of the Holy Spirit is to give us discernment and wisdom in the things that we're hearing, because John was dealing with false teachers. He was dealing with uh, false doctrine that had come into the church that were misrepresenting the ministry and the person of Jesus Christ. And also, we know um, that John was dealing with um, uh, the, the Gnostics uh, and that you could go out and sin, and, and things like that. So he's addressing all these issues uh, in his epistle. So come join us. We'd love uh, to uh, meet you and to serve you any way that we can, and um, we'd love to be able to uh, to uh, minister to your kids. We have a dynamic children's ministry. We have youth that meet. We have three morning services, and um, we... Uh, have uh, 8 o'clock, 9.30, and 11 o'clock. So come out and see us on um, Sunday and then Wednesday night 
as we're going through the book of Isaiah. Let's try Brent again on line three. Brent, are you there from Boulder? Brent, we're having a hard time reaching you, so sorry about that. We'll try to get that figured out. So give us a call to see if these phones are working, 303-690-3000. We want to be able to to, uh, talk with Brent that we've been trying to get a hold of, but uh, we'll try again. So um, there is another text question. Let's go there. In Mark chapter 10, when the rich young man comes up to Jesus, and calls him good, was he really acknowledging Jesus as God or not? Commentaries say that he was not acknowledging Jesus as God, which leads me to another question, and why did he kneel before Jesus then? And that is a good question and a good observation that is made there. In Mark chapter 10, as we read about the rich young ruler, um, it's interesting because as you look at that, uh, there is this rich young ruler. Uh, He's young. He's a ruler. He's probably a ruler um, in the synagogue, that seems to be the indication there uh, when that word ruler is used. And we also know that he was rich. He, he'd be somebody that perhaps every mom would want their daughter to marry. But he comes, and he knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now, as he knelt before him, uh, which is a good observation, it doesn't necessarily mean that he knelt in 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 worship, but he knelt in that culture sometimes in respect uh, for for a teacher. And he says, "Good teacher, what must I do that I may inherit eternal life?" And that's a very good question, isn't it? Uh, it's probably the most important question. But what we um, know is that um, that there's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves to inherit eternal life. So Jesus said, why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. And I I think what Jesus was doing is trying to get this rich young ruler to really think about what he was saying. You acknowledge that I'm good. Do you understand that there's no one that is good except for God? And Jesus was not denying that he was God. He was trying to kind of to um, get him to think, the rich young ruler, that if you're calling me good, then you must recognize that I am God. And so Jesus saying that then gives the commandments to him, and he answered and said, Teachers, all these things I have kept from my youth. Now, that's an interesting answer because Jesus could have very easily challenged him on keeping the commandments because you remember the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus said that if you've lusted after another, you committed adultery, that you are angry at your brother or hate him, then you commit a murder. But Jesus doesn't do that. But what he does is he focuses in on a problem that was there, and that is go and sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and you have treasure uh, in heaven, and come take up your cross and come follow me. So what he was saying, Jesus, is there's a problem in your life, and that is coveting. And what I want you to do is go and give all that you have, and come and follow me. And and so Jesus wasn't saying that we have to give everything to the poor in order to have eternal life. But what he was saying is these things are a priority and come and follow me. So, um, you know, the rich young ruler went away and we don't know if he actually went and did that. He went away sorrowful at his word uh, for he had great possessions we don't know if later on he thought about it. It's interesting that there have been a few suggestions 
that perhaps that um, that this was Mark himself, um, that he did um, give everything away. There's no evidence in Scripture for that, but it's been suggested that perhaps it was Mark who, um, you know, uh, wrote this gospel and it's recorded. Um, but we don't know what happened to the rich young ruler, except that he went away sorrowful. So it's a good question, good observation, good lesson um, for um, you know next time um, uh, that we look at it carefully. So let's go to Michael in Colorado Springs. Michael, Michael in Colorado. Hey, Michael, you there? Yes, I am. Thank you. How are you today? Um, I'm doing okay. I need a prayer request. Okay. If that's fine. Okay. Uh, my Absolutely. Neighbor, yes, my neighbor, uh, we've been neighbors with him for 20 years. Really, really great guy. Um, he went to the hospital last night with having some kidney problems and severe dehydration. He's also having some other health issues that led to um, him being dehydrated and the kidney problems. I uh, just need some prayer for him for some recovery and um, prayer for his wife to have the uh, strength and peace to um, handle um, taking care of him and um, anything that proceeds from his hospitalization. Absolutely. Love to do that. So, Father, we do pray for Michael, for his neighbor. Lord, as he's um, in the hospital with kidney problems, dehydration, we pray for your touch upon his life, upon his body, that you would heal his kidneys, that you would uh, help his body to be hydrated, be with the doctors and the medical staff there um, as they're treating him. And Lord, we pray more than anything that your comfort would come to him, that he'd be drawn close to you. I pray for Michael that he would... um, have the words and the wisdom to be able to minister to his neighbor. I thank you for Michael calling in who cares for his neighbor and and wants prayer. So we lift him up to you. We pray that you would bring healing to him and strengthen his body. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Michael. We'll be praying. All right? Yes, thank you very much. You bet. God bless you. Hey, let's try Brett again. He's been waiting, and we had a little problem with the phones. Brett, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Thanks for hanging in there. (laughs) You know, I always say technology is great when it works, but um, sometimes we get a little hiccup. So, but I'm glad you're on and um, that you gave us a call and you hung in there. So, what can we do for you today? Well, um, I am a teacher at a public school, and um, the staff has kind of agreed to kind of handle um, like affirmative action, uh, gender issues, and the thing that they're asking me to do is to, at the beginning of school year, is as we introduce our students' names, to um, have them identify their gender, but it's also to teach them that there are different genders and there's different ways to identify and, and those types of things. And I mean, I just feel really uncomfortable doing it. And, um, I don't know. Yeah. What, how do you respond as a, as a Christian to that when it's sort of like the whole staff is on board doing it? You want to be a good witness, but you also don't want to compromise. Yeah. And just what, what would your advice be in that? Yeah. And that's a good question. And, 
um, we're going to see that where school teachers are going to be faced with that. You know, Brent, I took my son. He's going to CSU um, this week. He's moving in. Mm -hmm. And he's my youngest one. And um, I just had a son who graduated from UNC. And then I got Mm -hmm. a daughter who is at UNC right now. And when I took my older son and my older daughter um, to to the orientation, I remember when I took Luke, it wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. I took Rachel, they didn't really mention a whole lot about those things. Mm-hmm. When I took David, and when I understand it's not just CSU but all the universities, that everyone who spoke um, that was on staff or working for the university they would stand up and they would say that my pronoun is he, him, his, um, or her, you know, and that's what they started out. And Mm -hmm. it really took me by surprise, but it's exactly what you're talking about. They wanted to be sensitive. This is my pronoun. They wanted to uh, be a university that they're saying we're open to different genders um, like that. But what was interesting was when we actually went to um, and listened to the professors talk about if you want to be an engineer um, or whatever, that Mm -hmm. they didn't say that. They talked about we're going to teach your kids how to be an engineer or we're going to teach your kids, you know, um, this field of science Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be. And they didn't really go into that. So, yeah. You know, for me, it's like I'm here to educate your kids. Um, I'm here to teach them. Uh, you know, I don't know what the policy is and stuff, but it's just very difficult. And, and it was fine for me once the, the professors, you know, are like, this is the engineering department. This is the science department. This is what we do. And yeah. um, th- they didn't get into all that. So, you know, I would... No, I, I don't want to tell you what to do when they're telling you to do something, but um, well, it's to... not. Yeah, it, it's definitely a teacher decision. It's definitely not from the school district or from the administration. It, it's just the teachers. I think the school yeah, psychologist is right. kind of the one pushing it. So, but there's right. just that peer it, pressure of, of you know we're all doing this. So, um, I'm just personally, deciding, you know, yeah. as far as my witness in the building and you know, choosing what I kind of stand on and, you know, what, you know, I, I should go, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like yeah. to go along with because then it seems like I'm yeah. compromising yeah. or, you know. Yeah. You Personally, know. what I, I tell, you know, everybody in whatever, posi- you know, uh, job they do or position they're in or whatever, stand for righteousness. Mm-hmm. Me personally, I, I wouldn't even go there, you know, if yeah. I don't, you know, I would just, I'm here to teach the kids, to minister to them, to be a light, to be respectful. Um, but me personally, I, I I couldn't stand up and say he, him, his, her, you know, or whatever. That's my yeah. pronoun. So that's my conviction. So, you know, stand for righteousness, stand for what's true, be a light to those kids. And, um, and but it's, you know, it's getting harder, isn't it? Well, and I guess my you know, I kind of already made a decision not to do it in my classroom, but I guess mm-hmm. my my question now is, is do I need to take it further and be like, um, I don't know if this is like appropriate for public school, or do I do I just you know try to just 
personally, do I keep quiet and not do it, or do I not do it but also say something in addition? So, I mean, that's just my, that's where I'm stuck. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're getting ready to go to a break. Okay. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, one of the things, though, uh, Brent, is, um, you know, I would just be a light. It's kind of like Daniel when he was in, you know, the uh, the palace of Nebuchadnezzar, he was a light. And, mm-hmm. and Nebuchadnezzar was a hothead. He was an unrighteous king. Obviously, he was one. And, you know, I don't see where Dallin, he gave him truth. But hang on, and we'll talk okay. a little bit more, and I'll give you some scripture. And then I really want to pray with you because okay. um, they have a good year. So, We'll be right right back. Hang on, Brent. We'll be right back on the other side of the break. Stay tuned to Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Back to the second half of Calvary Live. I'm Pastor Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley, and I'm here to take your calls and prayer requests. You can give me a call at 303-690-3000. I believe we have an open line, so I'd love to hear from you. But uh, right before the break, we were talking with uh, Brent. Are you still there with us, Brent? Yes, I am. And Brent is, uh, as most of you have been listening, is, uh, you know, faced with the challenge that a lot of teachers, perhaps, or people in uh, our culture and jobs uh, about gender identity. And Brent, one of the things is is um, that I would just focus on teaching the kids. I would focus on teaching, um, you know, what it is that your subjects are and just being a light to those kids. Um, and again, standing for what is um, true and what is right. If it changes, they come along and they, um, you know, tell you you have to do something or uh, in that, you know, uh, compromise what you believe and stuff, then you got decisions to make. But uh, I would focus on personally being one that just is going to love the kids, teach them, and be a light to them. And I don't know what challenges that brings to you. Um, but, um, you know, I I wouldn't necessarily go looking for a fight, and, yeah, or a battle, unless that's, you know, yeah. That's kind of what I what I felt because I've I've had some really good conversations with staff members about Jesus, and just I've been able to open that door just a little bit. So I just I don't want to go pick a fight with this, and then all of a sudden those doors close to me. You know, so that's it. I mean, that's it is hard and. Yeah, and there may be a time where, you know, that, it, you know, how far this goes and stuff. But, you know, you got to remember that Daniel was in the palace of Nebuchadnezzar. Um, when it came to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being told that they had to bow down to this idol, they said, no, we're not going to do that. But Daniel was Nebuchadnezzar's right-hand man. And... Mm-hmm. um and Daniel, I believe, served Nebuchadnezzar faithfully. He was a light to him. He told him truth. He didn't back off the truth. And that's the example that I see. And you know what's interesting, Brent, is when Nebuchadnezzar went insane for seven years, I believe Daniel protected him. Daniel didn't take advantage and take over the kingdom. He didn't mm-hmm. say, hey, this guy is, you know, 
like a beast, you know, scratching at the ground and all of this. He's gone insane. Why don't somebody else take over? Um, but no, Daniel was one that just did what was right. And I, I believe that uh, Daniel, he continued to pray, and God's going to guide you and give you courage in that time. It's like Nehemiah, who was a cupbearer to Artaxerxes, you know, in the in the Persian Empire. That, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure he saw things, there were things there, but he was a man of integrity. He was a man of, of, of faith, and it was Artaxerxes that knew that. So just be a man of light, man of faith. Um, and just be that light to the kids. And I think that's what you need to focus on. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Can I pray for you? Absolutely. Father, I pray for Brent, and I pray for all school teachers that are listening um, that are light. I thank you for them. I thank you that we are in a culture where it's more difficult. We're um, we're being asked to do things that uh, perhaps are uncomfortable or a direction that we see things going. And, Lord, we do want to stand for righteousness. We want to honor you. Uh, But, Lord, we want to be gentle as dove but wise as serpents. Um, And we want to be a light. And just like Daniel was, like um, Nehemiah was, um, we want to be able to, to, to deliver the good news that God is the creator as much as we can in the places that we're at, that he is the master uh, Potter, and he created us and made us the way that we are, and he loves us and got a plan for us. So, Lord, I pray you be with Brent. Uh, bless this school year. Help him to be that light. Lord, to be a light to the other teachers and to the administrators. And, Lord, just uh, bless uh, all the Christian teachers that are out there. Give them strength and wisdom in the school year. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, Brent. God bless you. Let us know how it's going, okay? Thank you. Appreciate it. Will do. You bet. Thanks for calling in. Mm-hmm. Bye. You bet. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Let's go to Kimberly in Maryland. Kimberly? Hi, Pastor uh, Jeff. How are you, Kimberly? I'm good. Can you hear me okay? I can hear you okay. Have you guys been getting some flooding out there? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, here in Pennsylvania as well. So we've been praying for you and you got a lot of rain, so I hope it dries up for you. Thank you. Thank you. What can I do Just for you, that. Kimberly? Well, I've been hesitating to call for like a while now, but um, I just, if you could pray for me, I'm struggling in my walk um, and in my heart. Like, I don't have that tenderness like I used to have when I was, um, and I, and I teach the kids who I adore, and I just feel like such a hypocrite, you know, and just. I'm older now, and I just find myself getting frustrated with life, and I say to myself, I just get, I'm just tired, I just feel really tired, and so, you know, I'll do things that we're supposed to as Christians, but not a whole lot, to be honest, because I find myself just kind of pulling away from socializing and, and people, not that I ever was huge all my life with that, probably because of some stuff I went through as a kid, but... um Anyway, I was um, just hoping you could pray for me because um, I'm getting scared. Like maybe I push the Holy Spirit away, and um, like some, I'll try to even sit and read. I've gotten into a terrible habit after work. I'm just so tired. I just want to vegetate, and I just don't pick up the Word like I used to. And I know that's bad. And then when I do, just find it just dry. 
to me, and that's just really scary because I know what it's like to walk real close with the Lord and, and to have that peace. And um, so if you could just pray for me. Um, Absolutely. You know, Kimberly, I'm glad you called. And um, and I'm glad that, you know, that in your honesty, and that's all the Lord wants is the honesty of your heart to just, you know, you're struggling spiritually, you feel dry. So I want to give you two scriptures, okay? And then I'm going to pray for you. I want to give you Matthew chapter 11. You're probably familiar with this. Oh, yeah. Jesus, he was standing on the hillside, said, Come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And you know what? As you're talking, you're talking about I'm tired, and, and you know, perhaps the Holy Spirit um, has left me or departed or the Lord, you know, I know it's not a good place to be, and, and, and we can think, Lord, you must be just so tired of me. Yep. And... <laughs> and done with me. And one of the things that I want to encourage you in is this, is that the Lord always says, come. He doesn't say, get away from me. You guys who are tired and weary, you know, I don't want to deal with you. The invitation is always to come. So you go to him. And he desires to hear your heart and to minister to you. And he says to you that as you go to him, my take my yoke upon you, learn of him, that you're going to find rest for your souls. And I think that's what you're looking for. Yep. Because a lot of people are looking for that rest in their hearts. And he says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. And when we start putting on you know, the burden of the world and yoking ourselves with other things of the world or whatever it may be, even the cares of life, yep. um, you know, Kimberly, it gets to be hard and heavy. And the Lord says, yoke yourself with me and know that my burden is light. But I also want to encourage you from Isaiah chapter 42. And in Isaiah chapter 42 is the ministry of our Lord. And he says, a bruised reed he will not break and a smoking flax he will not quench. And what you are saying is, you know, I'm kind of smoldering right now. And, and we hear uh, people say in Bible studies, you know, be on fire for the Lord, you know, and, um, you know, all of this. And, and there are times I've had seasons in my life where I'm thinking, be on fire for the Lord. I'm just smoldering, <laughs> you mm. know, and in my heart. And, and the Lord doesn't come along and dump a bucket of water on us. And a bruised reed he will not break. And I just sense in your voice that you're bruised. And you're tired. And one of the things what happens when we have a bruise on our body is is we pull back. And that's what you're doing. And the Lord's ministry, his compassion and tenderheartedness and mercy to you is that, is that Kimberly, a bruised reed, I'm not going to break. He's not going to come along and stomp on you. And he doesn't pour a bucket of water on you, but he wants to cup his hand around your heart where you're smoldering and begin to fan that flame back. He wants to minister to you in that way because he loves you and he's not done with you. And the invitation is come to me. He says, come to me, give in the honesty of your heart, which you have done. 
and I want to minister my love and grace and comfort to you. And so that's what I'm going to pray for, okay? Thank you so much. He loves you, Kimberly, and he's calling you. He's calling you to himself, and he desires for you to just keep coming. And he loves his children. And, you know, sometimes I think, Lord, you know, I'm fired, right? I'm such a spiritual waste. And he says, no, I haven't lost one that the Father has given to me, and I'm not about ready to start with you. So you go to him, okay? He has compassion towards you, and he loves you. So, Father, I just pray for Kimberly. I just pray that you would just minister your love to her and compassion. We thank you for your incredible ministry of not breaking a bruised reed, quenching a smoking flax. In the honesty of her heart, she has said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, my heart is smoldering right now. I'm bruised, I'm tired. And I thank you for the invitation to come and that you would come, um, you know, as she comes to you, that you would just meet her there, minister to her, bring that warmth and that flame back in her heart, strengthen her, heal the bruising. And Lord, as she, she comes that she would yoke herself to you and learn of you because you are good lord and you are loving and lord i just pray you do that work in kimberly and help her to understand that you desire to comfort her in every way and to strengthen her and to to put that love back in her Um, and lord i just pray that she would take the time to do that and it's in jesus name that we pray amen Amen. Thank Kimber. you so much, Lord. And I, and I pray the Lord's blessing to continue upon you all. I really, really appreciate Calvary Chapel and your and your ministry. Kimberly, don't ever be afraid to call us, okay? Thank you and, very much. Uh, and we're here to minister to you. And the other thing is, I'd love to hear from you and see how you're doing so we can continue to pray for you. Oh, thank you. Definitely. Okay. All right. God bless you. you. God bless you, okay. too. Thank you. Thanks for calling. 303-690-3000. Maybe you need prayer, and we want to encourage you as we pray for you and bless you in any way. But let's go to Mike in Boulder. Mike? Mike, you there? Mike from Boulder. He had a question, Israel being the elect and Christians being the elect. So, Mike, sorry we lost you there. Um, but both are called the elect. We know that uh, in the book of Isaiah uh, that uh, Israel is called the elect, and we know that uh, the Christians are called the elect as well. So um, anyway, uh, we lost him. Hey, we got open lines, 303-690-3000. we still got time, so we're taking calls. And uh, also the text line as well uh, is 720 Nine seven. Um, that let's go to the text and there's a prayer. Somebody wanted for their daughter uh, making some mistakes and does not seem to be learning her lessons. And so let's take the time to do that. Father, we don't know who this is, but you do. And I just pray that you would bless this individual, this parent um, that is, um, you know, uh, concerned for their daughter. Um, that is being obviously pulled out into the world. Um, I pray that you would just draw her to yourself, and I I pray that you'd send Christians into her lives, and Lord, that that you would uh, do that work. 
And I pray for the parent here that is asking prayer for their daughter, that you give them wisdom uh, to be able to minister to her and strength and comfort during this difficult time because it is so hard for our kids as they're being pulled out into the world. The enemy is working overtime. And uh, so I just pray for her. I pray that you'd bless her uh, in, in drawing her to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, we've been praying for our kids. They're going back to school. We want to continue to do that. Let's go to Chris in Denver on the phone lines. Chris? Yes. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. You got a question for me? I do. Um, so when I'm reading the Bible, um, we get a lot of, obviously, um, Jewish um, history built in. And I was just wondering what the difference between the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the Sanhedrin are. Yeah, that's a good question. So you had different um, leaders, and you read all about them. And there's, you read about the Herodians, you read about the Pharisees, you read about the Sadducees, the scribes, right? All these uh-huh. different groups. So sometimes it's kind of hard to keep them straight. The Pharisees, we'll start with them. They were ones that were dedicated. The Pharisee, the Hebrew word means to separate. And they were the separated ones. Um, they kind of started after the return of the Jews uh, from Babylon, and they said, we are going to be the separated ones to keep the minute details of the law. Now, um, what happened over time was is that they began to have all these traditions. They were very haughty. They were very proud at the time of Jesus. Uh, they were ones that put burdens on the people. But the Pharisees, the the one thing that they really were into is keeping the Sabbath and then also in washing. So they came against Jesus. Why doesn't your disciples wash like we do before we eat the ceremonial washing, the pots and pans, and then also the keeping of the Sabbath? That's where the conflict with the Pharisees really began with Jesus. Jesus' disciples are plucking heads of grain out in the field, right? They're in Capernaum. Mm-hmm. And they came along and said, that's unlawful. You can't do that. That's working because you're taking the heads of grain, you're rubbing the wheat together, the heads of grain, and that's like threshing. It's separating the chaff from the wheat. You can't do that. So that caused the Pharisees to really come against Jesus. So they were the pious ones. We're the separated ones. Now, they were were committed to keeping the details of the law that were... Uh, interpreted by the scribes. Now, you read about the scribes, right? The scribes were like the lawyers. So the scribes not only copied the scriptures, but they interpreted the scriptures. And whatever the scribes interpreted uh, the scriptures, they took the 10 laws of God and made 613 laws. They made all these interpretations about what is keeping the Sabbath. You couldn't spit on the ground on the Sabbath day because your saliva might mix in with the with the dirt, and that's making mortar. They had all these crazy rules, and so the Pharisees said, we're going to keep the rules of what the scribes had, had interpreted. It is also believed that many of the scribes ended up being Pharisees, not all of them. Then you had the Sadducees. The Sadducees were less in number, there were about 6,000 Pharisees at the time of Jesus. The Sadducees were less in number, and they were ones that 
were more political. They they were ones that they didn't believe uh, in most of the Old Testament. They only believed in the first five books of the Old Testament. They didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in the coming Messiah. They didn't believe in the afterlife. And so the joke goes, that's why they were sad, you see. Um, oh. So the Sadducees, they're the ones that came to Jesus and asked that ridiculous question about you know, the resurrection. So the Sadducees were, um, many of them were the chief priest, um, and it is believed that perhaps that Caiaphas and Annas were Sadducees, um, but they were generally wealthy. They had more power. The Sadducees and the Pharisees together, 70 members, made up the Sanhedrin Council. They were the Jewish Supreme Court. And um, so... Uh, presided over by Caiaphas. Now, in John's Gospel, you read about Annas being the high priest. Well, he was really the power behind high priestly office and all of this. So those were the religious groups. The Herodians were more of a political party. When the Pharisees first were determined to put Jesus to death after he healed that man in the synagogue, the Herodians joined in with the Pharisees in that cause that we're going to put Jesus to death. So the Herodians were probably the ones that came and asked Jesus about, is it lawful to pay taxes, you know, to Caesar? I, I believe it says that, the, the Pharisees and the Herodians. So that's that's the, the difference between them. So um, the Pharisees were uh, the religious leaders, keeping the most minute details. The Sadducees were more uh, political leaders, wealthy, the chief priests, and all of this. So there was big differences between them. Both of them together made up the Sanhedrin, 70 members presided over by the high priest. All right? All right. Well, thank you so much. That definitely clears up things for me. Yeah. So here's the other interesting thing, Chris, that in the in Luke's Gospel, you hear a lot about the Pharisees. You only hear about the Sadducees once. The Pharisees were the main ones that really came against Jesus. And after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, some of the Pharisees became believers. Do you know that? Oh, Um, really? Okay. Yeah. Read Acts chapter 15, and in the Jerusalem Council, there was a sect of the Pharisees who became believers that were there. And um, they were still legalists, but some of them became believers. Now, the Sadducees in the book of Acts, seemed to be the main enemies of the Christians because they were hearing reports of angels and Jesus rose from the grave, and that really made them mad because they didn't believe in those things. So the Sadducees were the ones that really came against the early Christians, but some of the Pharisees uh, became believers, as you see in the book of Acts. All right? All right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for calling in. Good question. Um, thank you. you Bye. Bet. You bet. Hey, well, we got some time. Let's go to David in Boulder. David? Hey, how you doing? Good, David. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. Just uh, trying to figure out what's going on. But I figured okay. I'd call in and get some prayers on it. I'm a Absolutely. fairly new Christian. Uh, last October, I uh, found God and... Uh, I kind of jumped out on a leap of faith and drove out to Colorado, and 
I've just kind of been trying to follow this pathway that he's trying to put in front of me. And uh, my uh, one of my friends that I met, uh, who's Christian as well, he had told me fasting is a, is a good way of communicating and trying to get closer to God's love. So I'm in the process of fasting right now. I've been going through a situation, and I'm trying to get through it. And as I uh, as I get weaker and weaker, and uh, you know more hungry and tired, and I just feel like I'm getting farther away from Him, and I don't know why. And I'm praying, and I'm trying to figure out why and uh, and how this all works. Any advice? Yeah, yeah. You know, David. One of the things that um, you know, you become a new Christian, and you know you, you're re- really excited. You know that your sins are forgiven. I know that when I became a Christian, just wow, I'm forgiven, and and it, it was such a joyous time. But then over time, what happens is the trials come and the difficulties come, and that's what's happened with you. You took a step of faith. You came out to Colorado, but you're finding that you're in trials. You're you're in a difficult situation. It seems like that the Lord is distant, or you're distancing yourself from the Lord. Listen, He still wants to work. So, David, we're going to pray for you, but go to Him. And you mentioned fasting. Fasting is simply just denying the physical, so you can focus on the spiritual and go to Him. He desires to speak to you. And I want to give you Isaiah chapter thirty, that um, you know the Lord would say to the children of Israel that you seek counsel, but not of me. And so he was encouraging them in Isaiah chapter 30. And I want to encourage you as well, that you go to the Lord. The invitation was given, just as we've already prayed on this program, that Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And he desires for you to go to him. And then in Isaiah chapter 30, as you go to him in returning and rest, you shall be saved in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. And then you are to wait on him. The Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. And blessed are all those who wait for him. And then he desires to speak to you. So you go to him, you wait on him, and then you're going to hear from him as your ears will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left hand. And so, David, here's the thing. You go to him in honesty of your heart. Just tell him that, you know, this is the struggle. I'm trying to figure this out. And you wait on him, hear from him. It's important for you, David. I don't know if you're in a church to be with some other brothers that can encourage you and pray for you, but we need that. And then he promises that he'll be a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So go to his word. You know, as you're fasting, read the word. You know, take your pen and pencil, you know, pad and get away and just allow the Lord to speak to you in that still small voice. It will never contradict what the Word of God declares to you. And then, you know, be in a place where you're going to be encouraged by brothers and be in that fellowship. And so, David, I just want to pray for you as Lord, as he has called, he's a new Christian. I thank you that he's given his life to you. But Lord, right now he's feeling distant and dry. And the invitation is to go to you and to to wait on you and to hear from you. And I pray for David that as he takes that time to fast and to pray, that you would speak to his heart, that you would show him scripture, that, Lord, that he would be encouraged, that you want to work, and, Lord, you desire to work in his life, and that that he would be comforted by that and believe that. And, Lord, to stand on your promises and to know that you are true, 
and that you are good and that you want to do exceedingly abundantly above all that he can ask or think. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, David. Yes. Hey, we'll go and keep praying for you, brother, okay? Thank you so much. Okay. Thank All you. right. I want to, we just got a little bit of time. I want to quickly go to Cindy and Erie. Cindy? Cindy, are you there? Cindy, uh, I, you want a prayer for your daughter that's in college and not walking with God. And I just really, if you're still listening, if we lost you or uh, at the end of the show, I want to pray for you uh, because we do have our kids going back to college. I have a son, as I said, going to college. So, Father, I pray for Cindy. She's called in. I pray for her daughter that's going to college that's not walking with you, with the Lord. And so, Lord, I pray that you would draw her to yourself, that you bring Christians into her life, and, Lord, that you would uh, work in her. And, Lord, that her, the blindness that the enemy puts on our young people would be taken away, and you would soften her heart. And again, as we end the show here, we want to pray for our kids going to school. Um, we want to pray that you keep them strong because the temptations are there. And the world is pulling our kids uh, away from you, Lord. So, um, you know, even as Isaiah, you declared that, that you are mine to your people. So draw them to you and do a work in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks, everybody, for calling in. Appreciate it. We're going to see you next time. May the Lord bless you. Stay close to him and continue in his word. And we'll see you next time. God bless you. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.